Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ring of Boxing. We have so many great fights that have happened over the past couple of months since our last show. We're going to be more consistent going forward with more shows about some great fights that have happened, some really, really exciting bouts coming up that are right now on the schedule, and some ones that I think that will be on the horizon as well. So, to give a quick rundown, back in October, we previewed the third fight trilogy between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Since then, very, very big bouts in November between Canelo Alvarez, Terrence Bud Crawford, Teofimo Lopez in November as well, and last night, lightweight royalty Vasily Lomachenko fought again. So we had all those great, great fights that happened, and I'm going to do some recap on those, see what's going to go, gonna happen coming forward in the future. So let's just jump right in. In November, November was a gigantic, gigantic month for the month of bo- uh, for the sport of boxing. So early November, on November the 6th, I believe, Saturday night, was the middleweight unification bout between Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant. Super middleweight championship. All the belts on the line for Canelo Alvarez fought against Caleb Plant. So in the past year, Canelo Alvarez has really, really put together an extremely impressive resume. So last December... He fought Caleb Smith, got one of the belts. In February, he fought another uh, another fighter. Uh, you'll, you'll dream, but I don't remember his name on the top of my head right now, but it's not a, really a ranked opponent. It fought him in Miami. It was a very, very quick bout. I want to say it was over by the fourth round. May have even been a corner retirement, and that was in February. In May, very, very big, huge show. Canelo fought Billy Joe Saunders for the other belt at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. That was a huge event. That was on the zone. Over probably 70,000 people there. Huge show out. It was one of the biggest first events for really any big, large sporting event I could think of since the pandemic. So Canelo beat Billy Joe in that fight as well. And you just really saw how Billy Joe Sanders is, Saunders is no slouch. Don't get me wrong. But he was playing checkers. Canelo was playing chess. There was no contest. In a couple rounds, as Canelo always does, he sizes up his opponent, kind of sees what they're going to do. He's very, very uh, tactical. And he sized him up. And when he was ready to, he struck he, uh, he striked at him. He striked at him, and he took him down. I think he ended up breaking his eye socket. And Billy Joe has not fought since. Um, just... Shy of about maybe seven months, but has not really been in the ring. I have not really seen him much in the news since, but hopefully a speedy recovery for Billy Joe. That's what boxing boxing is about. It's about not only you know retaining your championships, but coming back from them after your defeat. So definitely hope to see him in the ring again. So since then, Canelo had all of the belts except one from the American in the middleweight uh, middleweight division. Um... Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant is a very talented fighter as well. Has a lot of capability. Pretty good defensive fighter. And we did definitely see that against the Canelo fight. So, in the first probably seven, eight rounds, Canelo, in the first probably few, excuse me, he really just sized him up. Sized him up, kind of saw what he was about. What sort of arsenal um, Caleb Plant was going to bring forth to him. And Canelo kind of just... Sized him up a little bit, 
But Caleb Plant, I don't really think had much of an arsenal really to give Canelo in return. He really just had defense. He had really good um, shoulder movement really to shield himself and kind of turn away. So Canelo's left hooks and his uppercuts that he's really notorious for ending a lot of his opponents very, very quickly were not as effective in the earlier rounds of the fight. So in probably the first seven, eight rounds, Canelo, his punches, A, were not exactly landing that effectively, but also they weren't really doing any damage because they really weren't landing at all. Uh, Caleb Plant was pretty smart with his footwork and really, really protecting himself against Canelo. And I think uh, that was part of kind of maybe trying to sum him up, take the wind out of his, uh, take his, um, I guess, ammunition <laughs> out of the arsenal as a metaphor here. Because to beat Canelo Alvarez is, you almost need to tie his arms behind his back. He is the best fighter, not only in the middleweight division, obviously. He is the best fighter in the world. I think there is nobody close to him in his weight class. He is moving up to light heavyweight, or excuse me, cruiserweight, for about in May. Which will be out, out of this world if he can continue to rake in the belts, weight class, above weight class, above weight class. If he can really start conquering cruiserweight, that would be very impressive. However, though, he's at 168 now for Canelo to put on at least another 30-plus pounds of muscle to make it to light heavyweight, and then heavyweight would be would be a stretch. <laughs> it would be a stretch for him. He's not too tall. He's about 5'9", don't get me wrong, when uh, Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier was not a tall fighter as well, but he had a lot more muscle on him compared to Canelo. I don't see Canelo really moving up to heavyweight in the future. However, though, you never know. Boxing, its if there's a will to make money, it's always going to happen. So he ended up beating Caleb Plant in the fight in the 11th round. He landed a really, really good uppercut against him. Caleb Plant was kind of dipped at one point, and Canelo just has those uppercuts and those hooks that they come in with such force and so much power that they almost stun you when you get hit by him for a second. And you get hit, and Caleb Plant wobbled immediately. Wobbled immediately, went to the ground. And you know what? Caleb Plant, being the champion he is, he was a belt holder. He was a champion. Did not give up. He's like, you know what? Let me keep at it. However, though, after that fight, after that, excuse me, after that punch that landed upon him, you could definitely tell that he was hurt. He was definitely stunned. He was someone who didn't have the capability to go on in that fight as effectively as he wanted to and before he was hit. So Canelo was the man in charge, and he ended it in the 11th round, and you see why not only is he the undisputed unified champion in the super middleweight division, but probably one of the top five greatest fighters of all time in in boxing. I'm going to say all weight classes. If I, get, if I had to pick a fighter from each weight class, middleweight, I'm taking Canelo. It sounds crazy because his career is not over yet, but he's only 31 years old. And look how much look how much he's accomplished. Look how much he's accomplished. He has that one loss in his resume to Floyd Mayweather when he was so, so young in his career. Obviously, Floyd was a levels ahead of him when they fought. They will never fight again. Floyd knows that he has he does have a, a possibility to make 
gobs and gobs and gobs of money. But to fight Canelo now, he could lose everything. And Floyd, I always thought Floyd of more of a businessman than a boxer at some points. Boxing is a business, and Floyd is in the business to not lose money. He's only going to book a fight he knows he can win. And that's smart. Why would you do something new you know is not going to make money and make you more money instead of making you look bad? So that aside, Canelo is the king of the middleweight division, the king of boxing in my opinion. I don't see anyone close to him, and I wish him all the best for his future bouts in the cruiserweight division come May. That would be really, really exciting when he goes up to that weight class. Have to see what happens. So that happened on November the 6th, a couple of weeks later in mid to late November in the welterweight division. Terrence Bud Crawford fought Sean Porter, Showtime Sean Porter. Happened again that Sean Porter had faced another big name in the welterweight division. Last year, I believe, or possibly the year before, he had fought another big name in the welterweight division of Errol Spence Jr., so, he lost to Errol Spence. He fought um, Terrence Bud Crawford in mid-November. Same result, another loss. At the end of the fight, Sean Porter had announced his retirement. Do I believe it? Not a chance. Not a chance by any means. Manny Pacquiao announced his retirement again this year. For the second time. Probably even more than that. And you know what? I'm going to anticipate this not only for Manny Pacquiao, but for Sean Porter. They may have, may have announced their retirements. I will be certain that they will be announcing them again. Everyone comes back in boxing. Whether it's exhibition, title fight, or just a bout in whatever weight class that you have been given the opportunity to fight with them. Boxing is money's, money's too good to pass up on. So you know what? I am not going to, under any circumstance, believe this is their final retirement. I'm going to believe it's their final retirement. When they physically can't do it anymore. And that sounds awful to think. But you know what? Mike Tyson fought last year against Roy Jones Jr. Exhibition match nonetheless. It was a complete... Part of my French. A complete shit show. It's a complete shit show. Part of my French. I know. I sound like a prude. But you know what? It's a completely money-making business. There's under no circumstance why fighters would ever walk away from that. So that being said, Sean Porter and Manny Pacquiao and any other fighter who ever has retired in boxing, they always come back. Bernard Hopkins fought a couple years ago and he got, literally he got his ass knocked out of the ring. But you know what? Every single fighter comes back. The money's too good. So that happened in mid-November. Errol Spence, um, excuse me, Terrence Bud Crawford, Defeated Sean Porter, another name to his resume to add. So both of which, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, have both defeated Sean Porter. When is the wealth, when is the welterweight fight going to happen between the two of them? They have been talking about it for years. In May, I believe Terrence Crawford was actually attending the Canelo Alvarez Billy Joel Saunders fight that was in Dallas, and I want to say before the show, someone had interviewed Crawford. I remember seeing it, I think, on Twitter through DAZN Boxing that I follow, and someone just planed straight up and asked him and said, hey, is Errol Spence fight going to happen? And he said, no, 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 that fight's done. That fight's done. Is it done? No. If there's money to be made, boxing fights will always be looming. They will always be in the works. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, should it happen? Yes. Will it happen? I don't know. 
I think it will happen. I think there's too much money to be made. They've been talking about the fight for years. They have both fought big, not big competition, but they have both fought on rather big stages within the past two years. And every single time at the end of both of their fights are over, they do the post-fight interviews, they interview them, they interview the promoters, Terrence Crawford's promoter, Bob Arum of Top Rank, he says he could beat Errol Spence. Errol Spence's promoter, he could beat Terrence Crawford. When's it going to happen? When are we actually going to lace up the gloves, stop talking, and get into the ring for this big welterweight fight to happen? When? When, when, when? Because boxing fans, they are paying money not only for this fight, but for future fights too. They want to see that. Josh Taylor's in, in the welterweight division. He was in light welterweight. One for a big bout in May. He has some recognition to his name. Can he beat Terrence Crawford? I don't think so. I don't think he could beat Terrence Crawford. I don't think he I don't think even he could beat Spence. But you know what? The fight people want to see, that people will pay to see in person and on pay-per-view, is going to be Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. When will it happen? When? They've been talking about later this year. Later this year's over. New Year's Eve is a couple weeks away. Next year, who knows? Every single time the wheels start moving on this, nothing ends up happening. And the only thing they're doing a disservice to is really themselves because you know why? People will pay the money. People, I will pay $80 to see this pay-per-view. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? These are two huge names in boxing that both accomplished so much, so much in their careers. I want to see who's better. I really, really do. Let's make the fight happen. Bob Arum of Top Rank, you have huge names under your promotion. Tyson Fury, Vasily Lomachenko, it is infinite. Make this fight happen. You have the capability. You've been around for decades and decades. Make the fight happen. That should happen on the horizon. I want that as my as my New Year's gift. My New Year's resolution is to see Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence in a welterweight belt. Make it happen, Bob Arum. So, that was in November as well. A big, big, big fight in November happened a couple of weeks ago. In New York City at the theater at Madison Square Garden between the lightweight champion Teofimo Lopez and challenger Jorge Cambosis. George Cambosis, excuse me. I thought Jorge Mas Masvidal of the UFC for a moment. So George Cambosis, who was a lightweight, pretty successful uh, fighter as well, he fought on the, I want to say, the undercard for Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora last October. I could could have been mistaken. I know he fought on Halloween. There was quite a few fights on Halloween of 2020, if I recall. So he fought then. He may have fought again this year. But his name was in the works. The fight between him and Lopez was supposed to happen a couple times. It was supposed to happen in June in Miami on Triller, that promotional app that has it's had a lot of the Jake Paul fights it's had a couple of the fights too so that fight was supposed to happen it did not happen it did not happen and fell through it was supposed to happen again finally it was announced that um he uh being Tiofimo Lopez the fight was going to be promoted by DAZN DAZN knows how to promote fights very very well so I was not going to have to be duped or thinking, when am I going to see this fight? Is it ever going to happen? Finally ended up happening. We had a final date for it, November the 27th of Thanksgiving weekend. It's very nice. I'm going to be relaxing. Let's check out the fight. The fight, I thought going in, I thought Lopez 
was going to clean his clock. I thought Lopez was going to teach Cambosis a weapon, uh, a weapon, a lesson. I thought the fight would be over within four rounds. That first round of that fight proved me wrong. I love being proved wrong in boxing. I love upsets. I love exciting, crazy punches, crazy stuff I would never have thought a fighter is ever capable of. Teofimo Lopez got put on his ass in the first round by Cambosis. He did. Got complete, was completely surprised. Completely underestimated him. Completely under underprepared. I'm going to tell you right now, Lopez was not prepared going into that fight. He was not. Cambosis proved it. He proved he was not only the better fighter, he proved he was more prepared. He was more prepared. He came in guns hot. He came in to fight. He came in to fight. He punched him in the face and put him on his ass in the first round. First round. Lopez had a huge, huge blow and great exchange of punches. Came right back at Cambosis. That was a slugfest of a fight. But Cambosis, he put him down. He put him down. He taught him, you know what? You think you get mouth off? You're lightweight champion? I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. You want those belts? You better hang on to them. I'm taking them. He came in there. He took what he took exactly what was his. Cambosis was lights out against uh, Tiafima Lopez. It was a majority decision. Majority decision. And you know what? I would agree with that. I would agree with a majority decision for Cambosis. He came in. He bullied Lopez. He really, really did. It's tough to be a champion. It very, it, it very much is. To be the champion, you need to either obviously knock them out or you have to put on a display that you were head and shoulders ahead, ahead of the other fighter. And he was. Cambosis was the better fighter that night, by far. And Lopez, and Lopez's father, I have to say, I'm very disappointed. I'm very, very disappointed. I'm not disappointed in their performance because you know why? You came out, you're taking punches, you're doing your best. But you know what? I'm disappointed how they prepare for the fight. I'm disappointed how Lopez's father, who was his corner man, his trainer, essentially added an asterisk or another title to that as being his promoter. Over the past year, Teofimo Lopez's father has essentially become a modern-day Don King in a way. He goes around wearing these like leisure suits, sport coats, wearing these glasses. Always looks like he's kind of like intoxicated and everything. Looks very, very shady. Looks like he's going around from making side bets around casinos, talking stuff up. He just he looks like a loud mouth, incompetent idiot. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I would I would say it to his face because you know what, your son had accomplished a great thing in boxing. And you know what? I understand you're not the one making the punches. You're not the one defending. You're not the one who's doing all these things. But you know what? It's your job as the corner man. And it's his father to get him prepared, to keep him in in the match. He did not. He did not. I think it got completely wrapped up. I think he became in love with himself of, you know, being this promoter and talking up his son. I think he almost thought he was champion too. He was not. And you know what? Lopez was not either. He did not fight like one that night. Cambosis was a champion. He deserves it. And you know what? Congrats, champ. It's great that you got all those belts. I want to see him defend it. I really, really do. I want to see a rematch. And one thing I thought was very, very surprising was, as champion, Teofimo Lopez did not have a rematch clause in his contract. Why on earth, as a champion, 
would you ever have not have a rematch clause in your contract? Anthony Joshua has lost his championship belts two times now. However, though, the first time he reclaimed them in his second match against Andy Ruiz because he had a rematch clause in the contract. He is exercising his rematch clause again when he's trying to fight Alexander Usyk. He lost his belts in September. He wants to fight him again. He wants the belts back. I don't blame him. You have to defend your belts. And if you lose them, have a clause in the contract. You're the champion. You decide the terms of the contract. Have it in there. It's more money. You really think both fighters are not going to want another chance for a payday? Another chance to get the belts? You're out of your mind. Out of your mind. There's so much BS around the whole bout of Lopez expected and looked like he thought he was going to win. He did. He did not seem like somebody who was aggressive. He looked like someone who was gassed. He came in huge. He looked. He did not look like a lightweight by any means. He looked like a, a light welterweight. He was gigantic. He was so bulky compared to Cambosis. Cambosis was in very good shape too, but... He was a lot more sleek. He was faster. He was really, really prepared against him. And he, you know what? He boxed Lopez's face off. He did. And it showed. He was bleeding. He was stumbling. And you know what? He was a champion. Well-deserved. I'm clapping for him right now. George Cambosis, you have my props. And you know what? I want to see you defend it. Apparently, it's not going to be against Lopez now. Lopez didn't have the clause in his contract. Who's promoter? Who who dropped the ball there? Probably his dad. Probably his dad. His dad was so infatuated with himself, his son, and his success. But here's the thing you have to realize about boxing. It doesn't matter if you won the heavyweight championship. It doesn't matter if you won 50 fights in a row. Because you know why? The next fight, you could lose. You could lose it all. You could lose the championship. You could lose the win streak. You could lose everything. Here's something that all boxing fans, all listeners right now, this is something you have to realize. A fighter, if you're a champion, your first fight, your last fight, on top of the world, you have every single belt, you've won every, you've accomplished everything. It could be a unranked, no-name amateur stepping into the ring against you, against an illustrious amateur heavyweight champion, unified middleweight, whatever it may be. It could be an unranked amateur nobody who came off the street. There's something you always need to remember. The guy in the ring, he may not have any belts, any rankings, any sponsorship, any money. There's one thing you always have to consider about boxing. That guy sitting on the stool on the other corner of the ring, he's trying to hit you too. He's still trying to knock your head off. He's still trying to hit you. You're telling me, well, because I have the belts, my punches are really going to matter. His punches, they're going to just fly through me like a ghost. No, he's still, he's still trying to hit you too. He's still trying to win. Every fighter, no matter what happens, no matter how big of a spread, 40 to 1 underdog, Buster Douglas. You really tell me Buster Douglas was not trying to win that fight? Of course he was. Of course he was. You're expected to win the fight. Always. I said it once in a previous episode, and I disagree a lot with what Floyd Mayweather says, but there's one thing he said that I will always, always agree with. Floyd Mayweather calls himself TBE. TBE, the best ever. Do I think Floyd Mayweather's the best ever? Absolutely not. Not by a billion, a billion years. But you know what? One thing he said that makes a whole lot of sense. 
This is boxing. If you don't think you're the best ever, you're in the wrong sport. Absolutely. You have to go into every single fight thinking, I'm the best ever. I'm the best. Because if you don't think you're the best, you don't think you're capable of winning, why are you in the ring? Teofimo Lopez did not think he was capable of winning. And you know what? He didn't think he was the best. He did not fight like the best. He did not prepare like the best. George Cambosis, he came in hot. He came in to prove people wrong. And you know what? He did. He definitely, definitely did. We'll see what happens. If they ever fight again, could Lopez win? Of course. Anything can happen in boxing. Anything. Tyson Fury is the heavyweight champion of the world. He claims no one could beat him. Everyone gets beat in boxing. Everyone loses in every single sport. And if you don't lose, then you know what? Congratulations to you. But also, it shows that you could come back from something. Amanda Nunez in the UFC. Probably, arguably, one of, or pro- I'm going to say it, the greatest female fighter in UFC history. She lost last night. People were stunned. I was stunned. But you know, but you know what? Everyone loses. Ronda Rousey lost. Everyone loses. Mike Tyson lost. Everyone loses eventually. Everyone does. It always happens. So... That being said, if Lopez fights Cambosis again, could he win? Of course. Will they fight again? Probably. When? I have no idea. Cambosis is Australian. And he has said that he wants to fight his rematch, his next fight being a champion, to happen in Australia. Other fighters in the lightweight division. Obviously, Devin Haney is one. Devin Haney says he will fight him on Jupiter. I will say this right now. You could fight in Devin Haney's backyard. Cambosis is going to win. I'm not impressed by Devin Haney whatsoever. His last two fights, I have to tell you, they have both gone to decision. They have both been extremely unimpressive. He does not have a killer instinct. He lets the other fighters hang around. I don't think he has very good defense. I think he's extremely overconfident, which you need to be in boxing. I'm not saying cockiness always comes with it, but you know what? I think he believes his own hype and underestimates his opponents greatly. So Devin Haney, if he fights Cambosis, after only one defense, his first defense, Cambosis, I'll say it now, I'll go out on a limb. If I'm proved wrong, I'm proved wrong, Cambosis is going to win. I'm going to tell you that right now. Javante Tank Davis, Tank Davis has a pretty nasty uppercut. He has really strong, powerful, quick hands. He's going to move up to lightweight, not junior lightweight. Could it happen? Absolutely. That would be a great fight, too. That would be a really, really exciting bout. Ryan Garcia. Look, Ryan Garcia is a, and a very, very impressive fighter. He's dealt with some personal issues over the past year. I've not seen him fight since 2020. I like Ryan Garcia. I think he's a very talented fighter. At 2021, I think he fought uh, earlier this year. But you know what? He's got to fight again. Canelo Alvarez has said, you know what? When I was your age, when I was young, I was fighting five times a year. And he has to fight. He has to fight. And Ryan Garcia, I'm going to say this right now to him. After Cambosis fought, he said, I'll fight you. Ryan Garcia, you don't deserve to fight him. You do not. Because you know why? You have not fought for so much time. You can't put yourself in the spotlight to contend for a title belt when you've not fought. I'm not judging Ryan (coughs) Garcia. Excuse me. I'm not, judging, I'm not judging Ryan Garcia on his personal life or whatever issues issues he has. But here's the thing. 
if you have no belts, if you've never been a champion, you cannot contend and call out someone who is a champion. You need to fight. You need to have some, <coughs> excuse me. You need to have some hype, hype fights going. We need to see you in the ring again. You haven't fought since Luke Campbell. In January of this year, you need to fight again, Ryan Garcia. Get a couple hype fights in there, then contend for a belt. I would love to see Ryan Garcia be a champion. I think he is extremely talented. He's got great, he's got these crazy hands. He's got great, great hooks. He reminds me a lot of Canelo, but with a little bit of a bigger reach. If he puts on some more muscle to him, I think the sky's the limit because he has some height on him. Ryan Garcia, with the height he has, he could conquer lightweight. He can be very successful at welterweight. If he gets very big... Maybe light middleweight. He he would be fantastic. He would be fantastic. He would be great. So you know what, Ryan Garcia? I hope to see you in the ring soon. But you need to have a couple of fights first before maybe not necessarily unranked opponents, but you can't go against a title a title fight against a Devin Haney or a Javante Davis. I want to see you in the I want to see you in the ring again, man. I really do. So that being said, last night again on December the eleventh. We had, in my opinion, the greatest lightweight fighter in the division right now. Does not hold one of the main belts, but it is Vasily Loma Lomachenko. He had fought against Teofimo Lopez in October of 2020. And he lost the belts to Lopez, made Lopez the champion. I do not believe, and I've said it on a previous podcast, I do not believe that Lomachenko was entirely healthy for the fight. I understand when you step into the ring, you have to be healthy because that's when you're fighting. But you know what? Shortly after the fight, he had shoulder surgery. He had shoulder surgery, so that's telling me, okay, maybe something happened during the fight to injure him, or maybe he was not 100% maybe going into the fight. That being said, you have to show up. Lopez was the better fighter that night, and he won. I'm not going to dispute that. But do I believe that Teofimo Lopez fought Lomachenko at his best? Not by a long shot. Lomachenko has fought two times this year so far. Back in June against um, uh, Nasoshi Nakatani, I believe his name was, which he boxed his face off. And last night against Richard Comey. I have to say, Richard Comey's a decent fighter in the lightweight division. Not, not a fantastic fighter, but he's a decent fighter. Lomachenko last night made him look like a punching bag in a gym. He was egging his... Egging Comey's corner on. You still want to put him out here? You still want me to hit him more? He was making a mockery of him the whole entire fight. Lomachenko, I've said it before, he has more accuracy than most any fighter I've ever seen in my entire life. He hits someone, he hits him with a barrage of like five, six punches, five or six punches he's throwing. He's landing every single one. There's not a thing he does not hit on his opponent. Every single, throw, every single thing he throws, he makes count. He makes count. He comes in hot. He doesn't take any nonsense. And you know what? He sums, pe- he sums people up. And he, the boxing IQ that this guy has is out of control. He has endurance. He has speed. He has great foot, footwork. I love Lomachenko. I think he is the best fighter in lightweight division. So I am proposing a crazy boxing fight that would be amazing to watch. Amazing to watch. George Cambosis, you are the current lightweight champion. You have so many of the belts. You have all the, the spotlight on you right now after beating Teofimo Lopez. You want to really put your skills to the test? You really want to say that you're the best in the world? Fight Vasily Lomachenko. He is a former champion. I want to see that fight happen in Australia. 
Lomachenko, he'll fight anywhere. He'll fight on the moon. He fights anywhere in Vegas, in New York City, in London. He will fight anywhere, and I will love to see that fight. Because Cambosis, he proved me wrong against Lopez. He did. If Cambosis proves me wrong against Vasily Loma, Lomachenko, that will be crazy. It will be an absolutely treat to watch as boxing fans, as sport fans. That is a complete display of great athleticism between two great fighters. Lomachenko, I always believed, and still believe, is one of the greatest athletes in the world. It's crazy. Just go on YouTube. Type in Vasily Lomachenko. Sports. He does everything. He plays hockey. He runs. Like agility running. He is extremely, extremely talented. He's very, very athletic. One of the greatest athletes of all time. I would love to see a fight between George Kambosis and Vasily Lomachenko. If it happens next year in Australia, anywhere. It's time that we see these bouts in lightweight division. It really, really is. The lightweight division is the most stacked division in boxing. You have Devin Haney. You have Vasily Lomachenko. You have Teofimo Lopez, former champion. He's there. Ryan Garcia. Javante Tankavis. You have Kambosis now. There's so much talent. So much talent. Heavyweight division gets all the notoriety. It's the big names. It's the Tyson Furies, the Anthony Joshua, the Deontay Wilders. It's everybody. Lightweight division, it has the names, it has the notoriety. Make these fights happen. They need to happen, have to happen. So, that being said, next year, if George Cambosis in Australia fights against Vasily Lomachenko, that would be fantastic. It would be so cool. It would be so much fun. That would be a great fight. I would pay pay-per-view money to see that. If it's on The Zone, ESPN+, Plus, whatever, Showtime, name, date, time, I'm there on my couch watching, drinking scotch, whatever. <laughs> It'll be crazy, and I would love to see that. So that being said, a little bit of heavyweight talk before we wrap up our show today. So in October, Tyson Fury fought against Deontay Wilder for the trilogy fight. Tyson Fury ended up winning the third bout. And that being said, Fury has said that he wants to fight a number of more a number of opponents before he retires. Obviously, he wants to be a unified champion again. If he defeats, um, depending on what, upon what happens with Alexander Usyk, if Usyk fights against Joshua again, which I like, I would I I would like to see that fight happen again. Joshua has proved me proven to people that he can. Not only be a champion, but be a two-time champion, which he did against Andy Ruiz. If he does it again against Alexander Usyk, that'd be very impressive. I have always said it, Usyk is a buzzsaw. He is a buzzsaw of a fighter. He comes in, he gets right into your face. He takes no nonsense. He has great, great, um, great, great hooks. He he's aggressive. Once he starts coming at you, he just inches more and more towards you. He when he smells blood in the water, he comes right at you. He's like I kind of like to think of him. It's like a heavyweight, light heavyweight, uh, Naoya Inoue of the, uh, I think, strawweight division. Inoue is a very, very talented fighter, and he's one of the uh, pound-for-pound uh, top ten on Ring Magazine. And uh, I always liked watching him as well. I've discussed him in previous shows. So if Joshua fights Usyk again, uh, I think Usyk could win if Joshua could win too. So that'll be uh, really cool. But I think the greatest fight in heavyweight boxing that can be made, it would be very, very big would be against Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Battle of the Brits, both big names. Obviously, Tyson Fury has that really colorful personality, and Joshua is a superstar among people. So that'll be a really, really cool uh, fight to see. So if that does happen, that'll be really special, possibly next year. Have to see if Usyk fights against Joshua. I know that Bob Arum 
and Frank Warren, Tyson Fury's promoters, I know they want him to fight Usyk first for the belts. But it's all about money, what fight can be made, when it can be made, for how many people. So, And not only are they going to do one fight, they're going to do two fights. Because if they did it once, depending on whatever outcome, they're going to do it again. Because if people pay for the fight one time, they will surely pay for it a second time. So we'll see what happens there. I know there is talks right now, and I believe it's currently in the works for a date and location for Tyson Fury to fight against Dillian White of the UK. Another battle of the Brits there. Dillian White um, has never, in my opinion, not my opinion, but also to my knowledge, been a uh, heavyweight champion and really a really threat to anyone in the heavyweight division. He had a couple bouts over the past year against um, a fighter that Joshua had fought against. Uh, I don't remember his name on the top of my head. I'm sorry. Uh, but that was a two-fight uh, fight. The first one, he um, got KO'd. It was an uppercut. He went completely out, cold lights out. So we'll see what happens uh, with uh, that bout, when that does happen. I believe Fury will be the victorious one between the two of them. I think um, he is more skilled, has a better boxing IQ. I believe he's faster. Not only is he bigger. By the way, the fighter that um, Dillian White did fight against in the past year, excuse me, I had forgotten previously, was a guy named uh, Alexander Podvikin. Podvikin fought against Anthony Joshua. Joshua knocked him out. And um, a lot of these fighters kind of just square off square off against each other in the uh, heavyweight division. Eddie Hearn is playing chess with all of these guys with the Joseph Parkers, Derek Derek Chisora's, the Alexander Podvikin. He's just playing all the cards he has. And I got to tell you, Eddie Hearn has a full deck. He has a full deck at his disposal, not only in the heavyweight and lightweight. He is completely stacked. So when that fight does happen between Tyson Fury and Dillian White, I expect Fury to win. I think he is um, uh, very a lot uh, levels ahead of White on skill. I think uh, White's a good fighter. He has a lot of power to him. I think uh, Fury has a little bit better footwork, a lot more agility. But like I said earlier, you never know what's going to happen in boxing. So that being said, we're going to wrap up our show today. More shows to happen more frequently. I do promise that. So I definitely was excited to talk today about the lightweight bouts between Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, Javante Tank Davis also fought in December as well. He was victorious also. So Javante Tank Davis had recently won, obviously, the big fight between Lopez and uh, Cambosis. Haney had just recently fought. Lightweight divisions absolutely stacked. And we want, definitely want to uh, see going forward next year. I mentioned it numerous times during the show today. For um, Terrence Bird Crawford and Errol Spence, when is the fight going to happen? We'll see there. So many more fights coming up um, very, very soon. I'm going to get back into rankings and um, uh, the top 10 rankings on Ring, Ring Magazine, Pound for Pound, and our schedule of fights going forward. We're going to get back into updates uh, more frequently and more frequent shows. So I thank you all for listening. This is Beyond the Ring of Boxing.